Hello everyone, my name is Mehdi. You are watching or listening What the Fintech. What the Fintech is a news and information platform covering the latest fintech development in Asia. I created What the Fintech in 2019 with a series of short videos featuring Asian fintech figures, followed by a newsletter on LinkedIn. I recently changed the format of these interviews to bring you longer and more engaging conversation with fintech figures in Asia to discuss entrepreneurships, emerging technologies, customer engagement, and partnerships. These interviews are available on video and podcast platforms. Please consider contributing to this initiative by subscribing to the various channels you watch or listen to. Like, comment, or leave a five-star rating. This is super helpful for referencing and sharing these interviews to the greatest number of people possible. Thank you very much. Enjoy this uh, interview with uh, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Maddie. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, for everyone who knows you in Hong Kong, you are co-chair of the FinTech Association, co-founder yes. of Plento. But mm -hmm. for the people that don't know you, could you describe yourself, introduce yourself, what you are doing? Yep, sure. Um, so hi, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure to he be here today. Uh, I'm Jessica, as Maddie mentioned, and I'm one of the founding members of Plento, also the co-chair um, of FTHK. Um, so, you know, um, about me, you know, I mean, Planto is, is a fintech company in Hong Kong that is um, serving kind of the B2C as well as the B2B space. And we'll probably delve a bit more around that um, in our discussions later. But about myself, I'm originally from Taiwan. Um, I actually grew up, well, I was born in Singapore, uh, grew up in the UK, um, and also uh, you know, came into Hong Kong to study university and started business here. And um, I mean, for me, aside from, you know, in the fintech space, I'm also a huge advocate for um, women representation, and especially in the startup space. So I'm very active in, um, like, uh, what we call she loves tech, um, as well as a woman in tech, um, and a huge fan of anime and manga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we discussed about this uh, uh, before this interview for a long time. So, in how many countries did you live in your life? Yes. Um, so yeah, I lived in um, different places. So there is Singapore. Um, lived in. Uh, London for six years, Taiwan um, for two years, uh, even though family's from there. Um, but actually, that's the shortest period I've lived in, 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 in all the places I've been. Um, and Hong Kong's been longest, around 15 years. So I've been, been to a couple of places, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, before we start the deep dive to your company and, uh, and what you are doing recently, could you describe what makes you nervous today? Yeah, uh, I think... You've made it really comfortable for me, so a lot less nervous than um, I usually will be. But I guess one of the things I'm more nervous today is about, you know, whether or not the audience will be able to learn something from my sharing today. I think, you know, things, podcasts or even panels, I see it as a very similar thing where I hope that, you know, the audience is able to get something out from it and just say, oh, I've learned something new. And uh, yeah, I think that's what. So you want about. to inspire the, the audience here, right? Yes. And what inspires you? Well, I mean, I think what really inspires me and motivates me to do what I do is uh, the idea of we have limited time, mm -hmm. um, what, you know, in general. I think one of my favorite, you know, quotes, I guess, or, or articles um, was from Sam Altman, who says that um, the days are long, um, but the decades are short. And that's why it's very important, you know, with the limited time you have is to be the best of yourself, which for me is to be happy and do things that makes me happy. Oh, I didn't know this one. Um, there is a couple of sentences I like from a different, uh, you know, uh, great man. But yeah, uh, this yeah, one exactly. is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're an entrepreneur and most of the time entrepreneurs have a turning point in their life. So what is your turning point? 
Uh, definitely when I started um, with my co-founders and, and founding team started uh, Planto, that is a huge turning point. Um, for me personally, I've you know changed so much, realized about things I didn't realize about myself before, changed the way that people perceive me. And I think more importantly, it gave me a lot more direction in life. You know, we're here to solve problems for end customers, for banks. And it just, um, it's, it's a lot more meaningful. And also I've been able to explore things that I never thought was something I was passionate about, for example, you know, helping or being part of a community which encourages um, more females to go into entrepreneurship as well, which is something that we still see is lacking in general. Interesting. Um, what is the favorite thing um, about what you do right now? Well, I think it's just generally um, every day um, I just learn something new. You know, it's, it's not a repetitive cycle. Um, every day is a bit different. The clients we meet is different. How we operate the business is different. Um, and we get to meet people like you um, and, 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 and people from the FinTech Association. And I just love being able to, you know, um, challenge myself as well. And that's what I think um, that's that's the key to to what I love, what I do. Um, could you introduce what is Planto exactly and uh, how people can reach out to your platforms or apps if you have one? Sure. Um, so Planto, we actually operate kind of two main channels so or main businesses. One is our um, B2C app. So it's an application where a user can manage their finances, aggregate all of their finances from different financial institutions. So it's not just the banks, it's also your MPF accounts, um, your investment accounts, um, and as well as, let's say, your insurance. And then through that, we call ourselves like a personal finance assistant. We guide users based on this data um, on their uh, in, like kind of financials and then tell them, you know, how do you achieve a certain goal? Um, what can you actually, what kind of properties you can buy in a few years? And then just um, be there to actually, you know, guide them towards their different milestones in life. Um, and the other one is, you know, using our experience um, in building such an app, you know, we've gained some traction in the past few years and banks have started, you know, since 2020 with the um, emergence of virtual banks and COVID, um, we've started to work with different banks on their own digital initiatives to increase engagement, to increase acquisition, as well as digital cross-selling. Um, and so for users who want to um, use our app, very simple, you can go on App Store, Play Store, uh, type Planto, and we should be right there <laughs> and you can download. Um, if I download the application, could you just work through uh, sure. different steps there? Yeah. So. Um, before we do anything um, on the app, we actually ask you, what do you actually want to achieve? Um, so we want, we would ask you, you know, exactly why, why is the reason you want to manage your finances? And after that, you know, we would guide users to um, kind of link up their accounts so that they can see all of their finances in one place, 360 view. And once they get this 360 view, it's not just on account level, but also on like say transaction level, you know, where have I been spending, which merchant, um, you know, uh, how do I set a budget? Are there any kind of um, like uh, duplicate subscriptions that I can be canceling? You know, when is my due date for my credit card? You know, these kind of different alerts um, that you'll get on your finances um, and, and your obviously your um, annual fees as well. And users can essentially set actual goals. So one of our most popular features is actually our property goal, where a user just needs to input their profile. They choose where they actually want to buy a property. So for example, um, I want to buy one in one chai. Mm -hmm. And then based on your finances, your savings, um, we project when can you buy a specific property in one chai. 
Um, yeah, and then you can plan towards that and track towards that as well. When you start, did you face any challenges? Yes, uh, for me personally, I think the biggest challenge is the mindset change. Um, I was uh, previously in finance, so I was in banking and investment firm. And you know, one of the things that I had to adjust to is the fact that I had to be open to, let's say, experimenting. I had to be open to um, being comfortable that sometimes what you plan out will fail. But failure is not a bad thing. You learn from that too. And it's through failure that you can improve your products as well. So that was a bit of an adjustment for me because I, um, you know, when you're in finance or in banking, everything is very structured. Um, and to some extent, you had to be somewhat of a perfectionist. So I'll give you an example for even like PPT decks, you had to make sure the formatting was right. You know, if if the formatting wasn't right, it's like the end of the world as well from, from the partners or something. So, it, but the fact is that, you know, Going into um, a startup, what's important is being able to focus on things that are most important, that aren't trivial, and that makes the most impact. So when you face challenges, <clears throat> sorry, when you face challenges, you have to have the motivation to keep going, right? What was your motivation at the time? Well, my key motivation was, um, it's just, you know, I don't think there's anything else I would want to do instead. I mean, obviously, there's always challenges for um Uh, startups um, and, and founders. Um, but, you know, when I'm stressed out, I just take a nap and then wake up again, tell myself that I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I wouldn't want to be working on anything else. And uh, and yeah, it just makes me um, keep going. And, and also I have a really amazing team and not every startup gets to have that kind of opportunity to have a great team to work with. And so shouldn't take that for granted. Oh. So you, you, you go for my next question. <laughs> What makes a green team? I think, uh, I mean, obviously for every company, it's a bit different because it depends on the nature of your business. But I think for Planto, what was just great about us is that it's a very balanced team. We had everyone who, the founding team had the kind of gen general skills that you needed for a company to work well. We have people who are great at technology, We have a great CEO on kit. We have um, great marketing and finance people who helped with the fundraising process as well. But I think another thing that is super important is just, um, you know, trust between <laughs> um, the team so that you don't micromanage, that you just let the team work on what they believe will work. And um, trust is very important and it's not something that's easy to, to actually um, to gain, but I think that is also super important as well. How big is your team right now? We have around 10 people, so it's still a very small team. And based in Hong Kong only or also a bit internationally? Oh, so actually all of us um, were in Hong Kong before, but some of our uh, kind of founding members um, went back to their respective countries for a temporary period. So I have like co-founders in Philippines, in Thailand, um, as well as uh, Canada. Um, but, you know, Fundamentally, we're actually based in Hong Kong. And your market is Hong Kong only, or you have also other markets? So we actually, um, so in Hong Kong is our core main market, but we actually also went into Taiwan. And we're also exploring um, Southeast Asia. Um, and mainly is because, you know, obviously there's this opportunity and there's been banks from there that has approached us during COVID. Um, but also, Yeah, as I mentioned, some of our founding team is from Southeast Asia as well. So it makes a lot of sense for us to try and explore that market as well. Um, I know that your company has a base of followers and customers. Could you share who are they? And sure. do you have some data about them? Yeah, sure. So um, for our uh, user base, um, 
for example, plan to for the BTC app, you know, we actually service around half a million um, users per month. And this half a million includes, let's say, app users as well as people who go into our um, blogs. So we have a huge like ecosystem um, around personal finance. So we have a lot of people reading our blogs around personal finance management. You know, how do I buy a property? What kind of products are out there in the market? That's great. Uh, in terms of our B2B, um, we work with over 10 banks right now um, on different types of initiatives. Um, and uh, yeah, and and I think, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, we kind of have a balance of both corporate and also um, and, uh, and customer followers. Yeah. So we spoke about the origin story of you and Planto, but what makes you excited about the coming years? Uh, it's definitely um, you feel that there is this push uh, in Hong Kong um, around um, the adoption of fintech. And I'm, you know, I, I think you know, you're the expert at this, but you, you see in Hong Kong, HKM is pushing like fintech 2025. You have open banking and obviously CDI as well. Um, and then stuff around reg tech and, um, uh, you know, ESG. So it's very exciting to see um, that banks are getting more proactive about it. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing that um, transformation. Um, but I think also for us personally, we're um, looking forward to exploring other markets as well. Interesting. Um, you spoke about HKMA pushing for FinTech 2025 CDI uh, with, uh, what is the acronym for CDI? Commercial oh, data com interchange. interchange right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so if we, if we just focus on the market in Hong Kong, can you share with us some of the trends happening here? Sure. So I think um, that was kind of a high level kind of stuff that I mentioned before, but too specific. So I think where I'm coming from is what we've been engaging our banking clients or what our banking clients told that told us what they wanted is we're seeing a lot of trend around um, you have open banking and you have a lot of banks wanting to leverage and to see if they can um prepare for open banking. So the idea of uh, PFM, which DBS is great at, um, uh, is, is becoming very important. Um, you know, a few months ago, also HSBC pushed uh, like PFM features on their app as well, which got a lot of the banks kind of talking to us and, and telling us and sharing our insights in this area. So personal finance management is um, this, that the, the trend we're seeing for the uh, retail side. But actually we also work with um, commercial banks, SME banks. And for that, you're starting to see in, in, in conjunction with CDI is around SME lending. And how do we make SME lending, um, you know, uh, how do we give more access uh, to loans to SMEs or MSMEs? MSMEs? And um, you know, we're seeing them exploring different things like even business financial management. Um, how do you get access to alternative data through a seamless kind of um, you know, user experience through accounting and, and bookkeeping um, support? So that's kind of where we're seeing. And obviously, it's the ESG element where you know, uh, banks are looking into seeing how they can help their customers essentially um, track their carbon footprint as well. ESG is a big topic in Hong Kong. Yes, super big. How, how do you support your customer with ESG? Yeah, so actually, um, we just um, released this, but uh, but it's been in beta for a while. But uh, we we're working with um, an amazing fintech company um, from New Zealand called Kogo, um, and they work with a couple of bank uh, banks and startups um, in in Europe as well. Um, we're actually helping our users um, track 
their carbon footprint based on their transactions. And we're now also offering kind of similar support and solutions to banks as well to help them actually um, kind of do the same on their platform so that the users can build their awareness around how much you know, uh, carbon footprint they have and then get advice on how to reduce that. Um, your company looks like a lot of companies in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think about Plaid or Tink. It looks more similar to Tink, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, do you face some of the startups coming here and be your challengers? Uh, are they trying to come in Asia? And if yes, how do you compete with them? Yeah, I think um, you definitely do see some players here um, that are like originally from Europe, um, but you they don't have the similar strategy as us where their play is basically um, they have that similar technology and whoever wants to use it um, can then just kind of license it from them but for us it's always about that play of um, working directly with banks uh, or uh, building an app ourselves to service the um, local market so it's a bit of a different approach because and and um, you know we've had competitors actually from from Hong Kong as well that um, uh, do similar things. I mean, they're amazing at it too. Um, but I think our competitive advantage was we built everything in-house, whereas maybe some um, like our competitors or similar kind of companies, they actually um, get it from third parties, which is kind of like what you mentioned, the companies from Europe who have that same technology. So we have that kind of um, competitive advantage of having being A, familiar with the market and B, having built everything in-house. Um, yeah, definitely. It's interesting. You, you spoke a bit about data before and how you collaborate with banks, but um, how do you support those banks with the data-driven strategies that you created in-house? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess our value proposition has been, you know, a acquisition, um, engagement, and also digital sales for banks. So we use that, obviously, you can't never do that unless you have uh, you utilize the data that you have and we do that um, so there's three different things we're doing so I mean one engagement obviously is we're using data to help banks to build more engaging journeys for their customers so um, how do you use data to understand more about you know what you should be alerting your um, customers what kind of content they should be getting what kind of alerts or warnings or insights they should be getting and that's all based on data And the second thing is what we call um, value-added engine, which is something we're actually working on right now, is how do you use data to build lookalike models for your customers? So how do I actually identify existing kind of pull of customers who don't have a product with me or don't have a loan, but using this lookalike model, how do I identify, um, you know, the propensity of that customer taking up a loan? So that's what we're working on with um, a bank right now. Um, and it's really interesting because we're actually seeing a lot of results in this area. I mean, it, it applies to across all the funnel. Um, and, uh, and then last is obviously around, um, again, uh, the, the sustainability part of things where we are looking into helping banks essentially utilize transaction data to help their customers track their carbon footprint. So yes, um, working with the local merchants, having partnerships here locally, Being data-driven is very important for banks at this moment. That's what we call ecosystems for banks most yeah, of the time. And exactly. that's where we look at partners when we collaborate with companies like yours. Yeah. Um, this is a very uh, um, timely, I want to say. Mm. Um, 
we spoke about the business, your growth, the two parts, uh, B2C and uh, B2B. Um, could you share with us what made you successful at the beginning? It was a future, uh, it was a, an opportunity on your app, it was an option that you got, or could you share a bit more with us? Sure. Uh, I think what really made us successful in the beginning uh, is actually we were solving a huge problem in the market. Um, and, you know, because we were solving that, um, you know, it just became you know, it, it became evident really, not even without, you know, a user using our app, just having a wait list there telling them we're trying to solve this problem, which is um, helping them aggregate their finances and getting insights on them um, is, is already what made us kind of stand out. And we also stood out because, you know, obviously there were also other players in the market, but we actually covered a lot of different institutions, which means our coverage, um, our user base can also be um, hugely increased as well. So um, I think that was really the key to um, what was made us successful. And obviously, it's the idea of focusing on key um, metrics, like how do we keep users engaged, but not looking at it from a product perspective, but looking at it from a, a customer's needs perspective. What do they actually need that also makes them come back to the app constantly? Um, and, and that's kind of that mindset was, was very important. I went to your um, Apple app and I saw that you are rated with a 4.4 stars and you have like a 1.8K ratings. So how do you create engagement there and how you you just mentioned about having the stickiness of the customers mm -hmm. coming back to the application. So how do you create this? Yeah, um, so yeah, good question. So actually, um, I, I guess the nature of the product itself, um, because it's so personal to a user that naturally it becomes something of a huge opportunity for users to come back constantly because we all care about our finances. We all want to know what's happening. Um, but I think one thing that, but we obviously we will always want to push for more. So we also, what we always focus on is actually identifying or speaking to our customers. So as an example, we always, we've spoken to more than like, let's say, I would say more than 500 customers um, just to understand what their pain point is and what they actually need. And during our product development process, um, we constantly did that. So we would ask, what are we still missing? And at this point, I mean, to some extent we still do. I mean, we're seeing that, you know, customers want to get into, um, want us to to link their crypto crypto accounts. And, and that becomes something that, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And then we just constantly um, do that. And another thing that we keep customers engaged and why we can make it easy for us to keep customers engaged is the fact that we have something called live chat. Usually, um, a lot, a lot of uh, you know fintech players, their apps, you have to email them when you have a problem. But for live chat, the customer is like WhatsApping you directly. So we can have this like fluid conversation with customers. Uh, we help them solve their problems ASAP. But at the same time, they give us that feedback we need to learn more about how to make the app better as well. Interesting. Um, we saw the strategy on B2C. Um, if we speak a bit more of B2B, um, what are the different challenges and obstacles you got with uh, traditional banking when it comes to innovation and partnership with them? And how do you solve them? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the kind of, um, I, I guess when, we come, when it comes down to the challenges um, of, of traditional banks, I mean, I mean, traditional banks, you have a lot of people like um, who are really driven to make change, but it's really difficult because you have, I think you know, most people will know the idea of legacy systems. It's very tough for banks to essentially, um, you know, transform as fast as a startup because you have systems that are very difficult that you need to have time to migrate. But I think um, another thing that I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a challenge, but I think something that we've learned about banks is 
um, not all, but ones we've been exposed to anyway, is that um, there is still room to be more customer centric. I mean, obviously all banks say that they try to be more personalized and customer centric, but we see that when it comes down to building digital products, the strategies and, and the approach is always around how do we sell this product instead of uh, what do our customers need? And when they're trying to do market research, um, it's always about competitive uh, competitor analysis, which is important, but it's rarely ever about, I want to go out and speak to a customer to actually get a feel about what are they actually feeling and getting that conviction uh, of you know what is the right solution. And I think that is kind of a key, um, kind of the key kind of uh, challenges, but also there's other things like, um, you know, how how banks sometimes solve problems. So, you know, when we come to the development process, sometimes they think in order to solve a problem, um, you just get more developers. <laughs> you get more developers in and it will be done fast. But actually the vol- velocity you would realize is actually not fast at all. Like, because you have so many people involved, it gets very bureaucratic, very complicated, and it slows things down as well. And we try to come in as not only a solutions provider, but giving advice and cons- and actually give consultation as well on how they can improve on that. What is uh, your structural advantages here? Right. Okay. So um, obviously, like most startups, um, we're very flat. And um, in that sense, because we're very flat, um, you know, all of the members or founding members, um, at least, who lead different projects, they have had exposure to different funnels. So I may be um, product and BD, but actually I had a bit of exposure with our tech team. Our marketing head, for example, um, knows about our uh, user uh, user discovery processes, product development processes too. So our mindset there is, is, is very different where we actually look at problems from different direction, not just one direction. And so when we co- go in and then speak to a, uh, like a banking customer, we're able to see things not in silo, but in a uh, larger overview where we'll tell you that how does this affect your entire funnel? Um, and what is the approach that you should be focusing on to actually um, achieve your end goal instead of just focusing in silo, let's say just the marketing team or just the tech team, you know, because you have to think about the overall benefit to, to the bank as well. You spoke about your collaboration with banks. You spoke about uh, incre- increasing the customer experience for banks as well. So if, um, if a big bank is listening to you and want to reach out to you, how do you collaborate with them? How do you increase their ecosystem reach? How do you increase the customer experience for them? Yep. So uh, I think it comes down to two things, actually. One is obviously, um, you know, we do that via uh, our um, core B2B solution. So again, it's about um, data as well, which we touched upon before too. And um, also open banking, you know, APIs, um, you know, we can help them, you know, increase their customer reach, not only through, let's say, um, our solutions, but, you know, they can leverage on our application to actually learn more um, on how to, uh, you know, get personalized or get exposure to to more of their customers. Because one thing that, you know, we're also um, kind of exploring and thinking about is also the idea of, you know, banking as a service as well. So how do banks essentially reach out to more customers, you know, not directly in the current, um, you know, just, just from directly their current app, but actually utilizing some fintechs out there or TSPs out there to actually, you know, um, increase the pie for them. Um, to what extent is it, consumers actually a constraint on improving digital services? Uh, I think actually that consumers aren't really a constraint. Uh, I think when you look at um, adoption of services, you know, consumers 
naturally consumers don't want to have too much like let's say um, barriers in using the services right so I think it's really um, should be kind of the fintechs or the bank's responsibility to make the digital um, experience as seamless for the user as possible or at least make them feel comfortable obviously there are um, older generations who are concerned about security um, but how do you address that I think that is is very important as well Um, I mean if you look at the case of Binance, you know, they, they kind of knew uh, they have two types of like apps. There is the I think the one that's more basic, which is more user friendly. And then the, another one is more kind of for experts. You know, they understand that, you know, they can't just force customers to use their expert version. They need to adjust to to what their customers behavior is as well. Um, you share a lot about what uh, big banks, insurance or financial institutions can learn from you. But Do you have a bit more to share with us on these points without repeating yourself from <laughs> because you yeah. you obviously share a lot of knowledge already? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, I think fundamentally it's about not being afraid to take calculated risks. I think um, there is I mean obviously DBS um, and also HSBC they have this kind of um, teams who are working on innovation that is willing to work on projects that are slightly more risky for a, for, for a bank um, but I think more banks should be like um, let's say more traditional banks should start you know following suit to understand that you know you can be innovative um, and that you shouldn't let things like regulate um, regulations and compliance stop you to think outside of the box I think um, compliance and regulation it will start evolving as as the market evolves as well so um, it's just all about like being able to step outside Um, you know, focus on what the customer needs, work towards what the customer needs, testing it within, let's say, even your staff first, and then see the impact, and then just do it fast. You spoke a bit about um, Open API Phase 3 and Phase 4 just before. So Phase 3 will be soon released for, for Hong Kong. What will change for you and for your company? Yes, yeah, so actually, um, I think, uh, you know, it, it will drastically change. Um, I, I think for us, where an application which um, initially aggregates users finances and to be able to to, to do that um, over APIs would be the best thing for us because we're able to essentially you know um, make it secure and more accurate for the user when it comes down to um, aggregating the data uh, and accounts into one place so no that's definitely like something that will impact us but at the same time you know I think it's Uh, it will also increase the collaboration opportunity between us and banks as well. As I mentioned before, you know, open APIs could pave way to different services like um, banking as a service um, and improve overall for uh, an customer uh, on how they actually manage their finances in general. Could you share a bit, a bit more about yourself and your impact on the what the um, on the woman in tech? Uh, yeah. She. She, she loves tech. She loves tech yeah. and a few other things. What inspired you to go there? What yeah. do you do exactly for them? So actually, um, my first, uh, like the first thing I, I kind of got involved with was actually um, Startup Weekend, uh, Women Independence Day edition. And, you know, before I wasn't very aware of this um, kind of, uh, you know, um, kind of situations and, and stuff. But when I went in, it, it just made me feel that, you know, there is, um, you know, a lot of, Um, prob uh, issues or challenges that women face in general um, after talking to a lot because the purpose of that event was to find problems that females face and then you just learn so much from that and then once I you know started plan to with with my team 
then um, you, I entered like in a competition called She Loves Tech. And um, it's, it's a global competition that essentially focuses on um, female founders or products that are around um, you know, uh, solving female problems. And I just love the community so much. And just, you know, everyone was sharing um, some of the challenges they faced and some I actually kind of feel as well, I, I can connect with. And so I just wanted to push for that. And now currently uh, involved in, in every, since we, we actually won um, the Hong Kong uh, round back in 2019. And ever Congrats. Si- uh, thank you. Uh, and ever since then, I've been very involved and in volunteering to um, uh, get more kind of female, female founders involved in Hong Kong. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an amazing experience. You're also the co-chair of the digital banking of the FinTech Association of Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, could you share with us what you are doing exactly there? What is the role of the FinTech Association and especially your committee? Yeah. So FinTech Association is just, you know, it's, it's the center of, let's say, everything um, FinTech in Hong Kong. It's advocating FinTechs um, and the application of um, FinTech technology and essentially, you know, promoting talents um, uh, in this in this industry as well. And um, what I am doing is I am um, the co-chair, and, and you're on the board. I'm a co-chair of um, the Digital Banking and Payments Committee. And what I essentially do is I'm very much in charge, um, you know, with serv- serving our members and engaging them into um, everything that is related to digital banking and payments, you know, holding events um, or, um, you know, gathering, you know, working interest groups um, that wants to be involved in, let's say, um, conversations we have with the government, for example, on open banking or uh, on EHKD. So um, it's all very exciting. And um, it's just, uh, you know, you, you get to, you know, being part of that, you know, being a member or being a, a core group or being a, a, a co-chair, you're just very active in knowing what's happening and having that, you know, kind of influence as well. Um, in kind of uh, giving feedback into that community or in, in into, let's say, the government level as well. Um, do you have any piece of advice for the listener of this show? I think uh, my advice would be um, if you are a someone looking into entrepreneurship, just do it. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have to um, plan it well, but I think, you know, um, it's never... It, it, you know, if you have an idea, you know, there's always, um, you know, something that, you know, you can do on the side first, test it out and see what's happening instead of let, letting it linger in your head. Um, and for banks, I would say, again, touching upon to, to um, a few questions before is around, you know, um, just focus on innovation. Don't focus too much. Obviously, compliance and regulation is very important. But it's about having that balance of, you know, identifying how you're going to solve a problem and then seeing how you can work around regulations and compliance as well. What is the biggest takeaway you would like everyone to take from this interview? I just, um, I think, uh, I just hope that in general, the takeaway is there is something that has been like helpful for um, your listeners. And I think that would, that already makes me happy. <laughs> There's any question you would like me to ask you? Um, oh, this is a hard one. Uh, I think you've already covered like the questions that I'm, I'm very much comfortable with, with um, asking, but you can give me a surprise too if you have any other ones. <laughs> um, no, but where our listener can find you and contact you? Um... Yeah, so uh, I mean, if you want to contact me, then uh, happy to email me, I guess, uh, at jessica at planto.io. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm also, you know, one of the um, 
co-chairs of fintech association so you can get involved in fintech association and happy to connect through there as well interesting and the fintech association is very interesting so yeah super yeah you have to go because there is a event almost every day or like meetings uh, from the different committees yes you have regularly. it's it's just um i've learned so much from the association like you get to get touch upon different aspects of fintech um, in Hong Kong. So, Where can uh, the listener sign up for your courses or purchase your product? Yep, so uh, you know, listeners can go on to App Store or Play Store and uh, type in Planto, P-L-A-N-T-O, if you're in Hong Kong, and you can just use the app, um, and it's free for three months. So you, know, you can get a play around with it. And then see, you know, if if it's it's something that you need. Thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you so much, Maddy. It was a pleasure to have you. And thank you for everyone listening to this podcast or watching this video. Um, you can support us by subscribing, liking, uh, commenting, or giving us uh, five stars rating on the podcast uh, platforms such as uh, Spotify or Apple Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank and you. next interview will be next week. See you. Bye bye. See you. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>